0: It's Billy. I'm glad you're here for today's episode of Start Small, Believe Big. Many of us often find ourselves somewhere in the middle of failure and fulfillment, stuck in a limbo of frustration. I believe when we start with small steps to learn what we need to leave behind, learn more of who God is and who He's created us to be, we will find peace of mind and contentment. As we allow Jesus to transform us, we are empowered to live out His calling and purpose one step, decision, and action at a time. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. It has been a year. A little more than a year ago, a pandemic hit the world and shut everything down. The virus spread through households taking one person's life while the next didn't get as sick or sick at all. No one knew how they may react to the sickness. The year before, I had had a respiratory illness that had weakened my lungs, and I had been suffering from asthma most of my life, so my doctor didn't know how I would respond if my lungs were attacked again. I was cautious, maybe a bit more than my normal feeling of caution, my normal reaction to caution of any kind of disease that was going around. You see, I'm not afraid of death. When I die, I'm going to be celebrating face to face with Jesus. So why would I be afraid of death? I'm mostly concerned about leaving my family behind. My biggest concern as if they were to become angry toward God if I were to pass. Then last summer, the summer of the pandemic, my family experienced an extreme tragedy when we lost my brother and sister-in-law unexpectedly. Death is real, and we don't always know when our time is coming. Many years ago, I had a friend who was diagnosed with ALS, Luke Gehrig's disease, at 29 years old, He and I were pretty close, and I felt comfortable asking him hard questions. So when I asked him if he was afraid because he knew he was dying, he said that we're all dying. None of us know when that time will come. He even used an example that made me a little cautious walking through the city of Boston that I could actually walk out the door leaving him and get hit by a bus and actually pass away before he did. It was so true. But even with that truth, I wasn't afraid. But I'll be honest. After losing my sister, I became more and more worried about losing another family member or even my own life. I became more concerned when my husband left for work. I became more concerned when I didn't hear from my kids. I was increasingly concerned about other siblings. My mom, my mom is advanced in years. It was an unnatural concern. It wasn't my normal concern of, Oh, I'd be sad if that happened. It was turning into a deeper and deeper fear. That fear hit home again on opening day of my husband's baseball. It was a home opener of my husband's baseball team. Less than eight months since we lost my sister. I was sitting in the stands with the sun shining bright when my oldest sister called once again with terrible news. My brother had died. I was stunned. I was shocked. I was terrified. My brother had mouth cancer. He was in remission. He had been doing well. He had had a procedure and had been in the hospital, but they were going to release him the next day to send him to a rehab. So everything seemed fine. My extreme response was really based in my fear more than anything else. Sitting in the stands as I tried to gather my things and began to call other family members, terror filled me. A terror in my spirit that I have no control over the death of anyone with the baseball crowd roaring after a walk-off when I was talking to family members on the phone. I found my way to a security guard who's a wonderful man, and I just told him that I needed to see my husband. I needed my husband. My brother had died. You see, at that time, it was still a no-no to go by the clubhouse because of COVID protocol. I understand and I respect that, but I so desperately needed my husband. I needed him to tell me it was going to be okay. The sense of doom and terror has only increased since my brother's death. And when I shared with a dear Christian friend that I was struggling with fear and doubt, she asked what scripture I was meditating on. I have a list because that's where I go, guys. I go to God's Word. I don't just sit here and tell you guys this is what I do. I actually do it. But I really hadn't been meditating on them, just reading them and begging God to change my fear into faith. And then 2nd Timothy became my meditation after she asked me that question. 2nd Timothy 1 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. I began to meditate on that scripture. So I want to talk about meditation a little bit, because in that meditation of scripture, the anxiety, the fear, the doom, it still would come upon me. But because I was meditating on scripture, it would go away as quick as it came. I didn't linger on the feelings or that, that darkness that overcame me. But when I talk about meditation, a lot of times people will jump and say, Oh, Christians can't meditate. Meditate is not a Christian thing. I want to beg to differ here, people. I want to talk about Christian meditation because meditation is not a negative thing. I've been to yoga classes that tell you to meditate on the trees and the wind and the birds. And instead, I, I meditate on Jesus. It's not the meditation process. It's what are you fixing your mind on. So Christian meditation is actually the act of filling one's mind with Scripture and dwelling on God and all that He offers to us. While the word meditation in the Bible has a few different definitions, it really can be summed up in this It means to mutter, speak, and ponder to oneself the words of Scripture so that we are constantly having God, His Scripture, His Word spoken to us over and over and over again. This produces not only knowledge of the Bible, but it begins to transform our hearts I talk about the transformation of our, of our lives with Jesus, how Jesus transforms our lives. This is one of the most incredible ways that we can allow Him to transform our hearts. We're not called to empty our minds or just to practice breathing techniques, which do work. But we're also called to meditate, to listen to God's Word, to let it become one with us for God to live inside of us, for His Holy Spirit to fill us. We look past ourselves, not at ourselves, and we look to Jesus, the One who is above us. When we focus on God, the Creator, the Most High, the Omniscient, Our minds can go into new places that it has never gone before. Fill your minds with scripture. The reason we do this, we meditate on the word is because we want to become more and more like Jesus. You see, Jesus is the ultimate end game. Being like Jesus is the ultimate in game, We want to imitate Him, and by having His words, God's Word, in our mind, in meditation, when things come up, we can make a choice to be more like Christ, to turn away from the things, leave behind the things that we need to leave behind, to find peace of mind. God wants us to meditate on His Word, He has made it beneficial for our minds to transform our mind and our heart as well. Meditation has given me hope. Christian, scriptural meditation has given me hope and built my trust in God even more than before. I had lingered a little bit in the non-trusting realm, not trusting that God had my best interest in mind. How could I? Look at all that had happened. But how could I not hope in the one true God through whose power and love we can see hope, trusting Him to take care of me and everyone I love, no matter if it's the outcome I want or not, So today, I want to challenge you to meditate on Scripture. And this podcast is going to go a little longer than normal because I want to walk you through meditating on Scripture. So here's how. One, first and foremost, choose one Scripture that is spoken to your issue. For me, it was 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Pray that the Lord, your second step, And I hate to say steps, but I'm a clear, check off a list kind of person. So one, choose a scripture. Two, pray that the Lord will give you a new perspective as you spend time on this one verse, reading it over and over and over again. Three, speak the scripture out loud, slowly, and break it into sections as you do. That natural break for God gave us a spirit, not a fear. Whatever translation you choose, I have a few different translations of 2 Timothy 1-7 because I want to make sure that I'm seeing all the words that can be spoken over my life by the Lord. For as you pray over each section of the verse, ask questions in each of these partitions that you've made. I know I say that word funny. I still have people that make fun of my partition. But I want you to compartmentalize the, the sections of Scripture. And I want you to ask questions. What does it say about God? What is it speaking to you? And how can you apply it to your daily life? write the scripture out on pr- on paper I actually have second Timothy 1 7 written out on this very large post-it note it's a it's a, I don't know it's probably two foot by one and a half feet this large post-it note you can get them at office depots where I got mine and it sticks on the wall this is sort of how we I don't know how we accessorize our apartment too how we decorate our apartment I have scripture all over the wall But for this one, 2 Timothy 1.7, I have it written on a paper on the wall so when I'm sitting down working or watching a TV show or listening to a podcast, I can look up at that scripture and know that this is what I need to focus on. When that fear or that terror or that, that feeling that just overwhelms me of this doom and gloom and desperation, I can read it over and over throughout my day. So now let's look at 2 Timothy. I want to use this as an example. 2 Timothy 1.7. The way I've broken it down is beginning with for God, the almighty God who is sovereign over all. This is who God is. What is it speaking to me? God's got this. And how can I apply it to my everyday life? It's just to say for God. God is for me, for God is the Almighty. The next compartment, the next section of Scripture that I have set aside is gave us a spirit. You see, God created each of us in His image. God created me in His image. Sometimes I laugh at that. Sometimes I don't understand why He made me the way He did. But He has given me a spirit, but He's also given me His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit lives within me, within you, within us, and I need to walk out that Spirit every day of my life knowing that it is not within me that I need to to conquer this day. It is with the Holy Spirit that I get to experience this day. The next section, not of fear. Fear is not from the Lord. Fear, my friend, is a lie from Satan trying to keep us tied up. Fear is not of God. Fear is a lie. And I, the way I walk it out every day is to refuse to allow Satan to tie me up in fear and take away the joy that God has given me in experiencing him. But of the, but of power. So this is the next section is second Timothy one seven. But of power goes back to what I said earlier about not being my power, but being his power, His Holy Spirit. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, but of power, His power, His Holy Spirit that is alive within us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. What can I do to apply that every day? To live life to the fullest, not in the fear. The next section I have broken down is, and love. And you could do this different. You could put, for God gave us a spirit as one breakdown. Not a fear, but of power and love is another breakdown. But I've broken it down even more because I truly need to dig deep into this scripture to overcome this gloom, this darkness that I feel. And love. God's love is alive inside of me. Jesus loves me. For this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You see, Jesus lives in my heart, filling me with his love. That's what I see, the love of Christ. So what does it say about God? God is love. What's it speaking to me? God lives in my heart, filling me with his love, the love of Christ every day. And how can I apply that to my daily life? It's to show that love to others, not just me. Not just sitting inside my apartment, never going out and experiencing love with others, afraid to walk the streets, afraid to go to a game, afraid to go get my hair cut, afraid that something might happen, but to walk out that love of Christ. The last section is and self-control. I've got this. In self-control, with the Lord's help, I can move past the gloom and doom, the grief and sorrow, the sadness and darkness. With God's power and His love, I have to choose self-control. And I can make my negative thoughts stop where they are. And remember, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Today, we have hope. We may still feel the feelings of sadness and grief, but we don't have to live there, my friend. Meditate on God's Word. Believe His truth and promises. I work on this every day, and I pray that you continue to do so, too. Thank you for listening. But before we go, can I ask you to help out with the show? Subscribe to the Start Small, Believe Big podcast where you listen and leave an honest review of the podcast. And by the way, I don't think the word is subscribe anymore on iTunes. I think it's follow. So check into that, but make sure that you're following the podcast. Leave an honest review of the podcast and let a friend know. Because when you leave an honest review, it helps people find it. But the best way for me to find a podcast is when my friend says, yeah, got to listen to this podcast. So thank you in advance for doing that. I pray this podcast has encouraged you to allow Jesus to work in and through your life, one step, one decision, and one action at a time. Thank you for joining me today on the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. I hope you're back next week for another episode now. Let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.